right, how are you guys doing? Man, it's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. So we have a very, very exciting night, uh, conversation, interview. Uh, this is something that is historic. It is something that uh, I believe is, is a sign that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Hallelujah. So we're going to sit down and we're going to do a, a couple of interviews. Um, but before I introduce our guests, I want to show you a video. And I, so here's what I've been saying is that, look, we as believers and as Christians, we're like, man, we want the Lord to come. We want the Messiah to come. Well, we are not alone. We have our Jewish family that believe in God and they believe in the Bible. They believe in prophecy. They believe that Israel has come back together again by God's hand and they believe the Messiah is coming back also, imminently, very, very soon. So there is something tonight that for some of you, maybe you're like, what is the red heifer? What, where, what is the red heifer about? And you're gonna hear about the red heifer. The red heifer is actually in the Bible and the red heifer needs to be found. There's been a search for the red heifer for a very, very long time. And we have some exciting things to share about this red heifer, and it is the last piece that really must come to pass in order for the third temple to be rebuilt. So I have a short little three-minute video that I want to introduce to you, and, uh, and then we're going to begin our interview. So watch on the screen. A red heifer like this can bring world peace. You guys ask how? Let's go and see. The Bible teaches us that the key of building the third temple, the house of prayer for all the nations, is by purifying ourselves here on Mount Olives. The Bona Israel Foundation found and bought a plot of land on Mount Olives, overlooking the Temple Mount, and is dedicating it for the red heifer ceremony. This concept sounds crazy. But the truth is, even King Solomon, the wisest man on earth, said there is one thing that he cannot explain, and that is the red heifer. This ceremony was only performed nine times in the past three and a half thousand years. Can we find this year the tenth and last heifer? We're living in times of redemption. We're living in times where prophecies are becoming a reality. After 2,000 years, the Jewish people have returned to their homeland and they're now reviving a land that was desolated to a fruitful land, from a place that was primitive to a place that is productive in agriculture and leading in high tech. As history is being written today, Jerusalem, the capital, is being built in front of our own very eyes, leading us to the next step, the building of the third temple. This year in the Jewish calendar, the year is 5,781. And that is Teheshnat Paraduma. The acronym of the Red Heifer year that we're starting to look for. There are five things needed to conduct the Red Heifer ceremony. A priest, the branch of an Isof bush, a cedar tree, and a worm called Tolachani. All we need now is to find the Red Heifer. And that's where we're about to go right now. When inspecting a red heifer, there are three components that we need to pay attention to. We're gonna go through the hairs and making sure that there's no white or black hairs and that it all has red. 
make sure that it does not have any blemishes, no tags in your ears. And the third is that it never worked. That's how we check a red heifer. This is not our mission, this is all of our mission. Find a local farm next to you, speak to friends. Together we can make this prophecy into reality. And we will together be back in Jerusalem within the coming year for the biggest ceremony in the world history where God's house will be a house for prayer for all the nations and peace will be upon the whole world. God bless. Hello. Okay, so I want to do some introductions, and I want to, uh, first of all, begin by introducing a, a new friend and a new brother. He's from Texas, and you're going to hear tonight about <laughs> this search for the red heifer has landed in Texas. They're looking for the red heifer for the third temple in Jerusalem in Texas. So I, we have a brother and, a, and now a new friend. His name is Byron Stinson. And he's the guy that got us started on this whole journey. So, and Brian, we're going to talk to you in a little bit, but please stand up and would you welcome from Texas, the red heifer searching cowboy. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to introduce uh, our special guest tonight. We have um, two rabbis, so they are orthodox, and, and I want to just say serious uh, God-fearing, God-believing, Jewish believers, uh, and they are here to share with us this journey. And one of them is Rabbi Isaac, uh, the other one is Rabbi Hanan. And they're gonna be joined by my dear friend, Robert Mawiri, who's also from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. And we're gonna sit down and start asking them questions like, what in the world are you guys doing? Looking for the red heifer and what is this all about? Would you please welcome our guests, our delegation from Israel tonight. So is this on? Okay, you can be seated. This is on. Um, so as you can see, it's very, very informal. And uh, we're going to use this to put on and make a special uh, step into the story. We're going to, by the way, this is not just to give you information. We're going to ask you all to step into the story of the last days to help hasten the coming of the Messiah. Amen? So... Um, I wanted to uh, just say that this, it's such an honor to have the two of you we have just met. I did see pictures of you uh, through my friend Robert Mawiri, but we need to do this fast. And the reason we only had one song at the beginning is because these two guys have to leave at 8 o'clock or a minute before 8 o'clock because they're leaving for Jerusalem tonight. So that's why we're going to do a part two with Robert and Byron. So to begin, and I want, I want to give you guys the, the opportunity to answer these and you can go back and forth, but I want to begin with what in the world is this, what is the deal with the red heifer? I mean, people have read through the Bible. As we've, we remember the story in Numbers chapter 18 and 19, it talks about that, but uh, what is the fascination with the red heifer? Why is that so important uh, for the beginning of the third temple? 
Um, so first of all, um, the rhetoric in general, and also you guys heard this in the short clip, it's a pretty, sounds pretty crazy concept, right? We gotta find the red heifer, can't have any blemishes. Um, and then you have to go find a cedar tree from Lebanon, and you have to use a zov and a, a worm to, called the Torah Tashani, and put them all together. So what is the importance? And the importance is, this is the key to redemption. Because with this red heifer and the whole ceremony that's going to be conducted on the Mount of Olives, that will be the beginning stage of we purifying all of the nation of Israel. Because all of us are unpure over the past 2,000 years. And as we said also in the past 2,000 years, this ceremony has not been conducted. And we all feel, in a certain sense, a magic. We feel the power. We feel God. We are living in such super special times. And now is the time. It's time for the key to open it all up. And once the Red Heifer ceremony is conducted, the temple's on the way, the third temple, the house of prayer for all the nations, not just the Jews, all 70 nations, that's going to be the place of unity and peace in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem. All right. Thank you, Hanan. So um, tell us about, uh, there are, you know, in the history, going back to the original days, the days of Moses and the first red heifer, uh, what, it, what is it about the red heifer's ashes that are then used toward the temple sacrifices? Okay, so in, in general, um, what, what's conducted in the actual ceremony is we, we're taking these ashes of uh, the heifer and we take them and mix them with special water from the Gihon, water spring. And as we know, water is life. Maim chayim. And ashes is on the other end. And we're kind of taking from both ends. We're mixing them both. And then that is sprinkled on the different people. And that is the act of to pure them. Now, what, while I'm even speaking, I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty ludicrous in a certain sense, right? You would, one would say, um, but the truth is, I think, this is my personal opinion, all of us are now, we're in this generation of iPhone, iPad, I'm in the center, I need to understand everything. And here God, you know, says, no, you don't have to understand everything that I, that I command you to do. You do because we are the servants of God. We will, we will follow him in everything that he will say and whatever he will do. And this ceremony is maybe exactly what we are missing in our generation to change everything. And that's exactly that. Okay. So you, you said that it, it's something that there's a mystery involved. It's symbolic. It is something that uh, prepares the way. And there have been uh, nine, is that right? Nine red heifers going back to the days of Moses. And uh, there's something very special that has been passed down about this 10th Fine, you know, red heifer. Um, so would you like to take that, Isaac? First of all, uh, thank you so much for this uh, hospitality. And second, I want to apologize about my English, but I forgive you for your Hebrew. <laughs> so. Okay, you got it. Yeah, good. Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, uh, shalom. 
Yes. Okay, so now we can uh, discuss together. Um, you know, what is the first building in the Bible? The first building is the Babylon building. The Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babylon. And this tower was built by people. Let's build a tower, arrive to the sky, and fight the God. And the punishment? I will separate everyone. What is the temple? The temple is a building to worship the God, to pray to the God, not to fight, to peace. And the temple will bring all the separation people from all over the world to pray in this building. So we had two kinds of building, and the big, big change between this building is what we are doing in this building. The red effort, we know that there was nine red heifer in the history. The first one made Moshe, Moses, and then in the second Temple, temple Mount time, the begin, there have been another eight. The Rambam, Maimonides. 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 You see, my English, I have to work on it. Uh, he wrote that the tenth one will be the one that brings the Messiah, that br brings the option to the Messiah. What is the secret of that red heifer? Nobody knows. King Solomon wrote, I said to myself, I know everything. I know all the, the explanation for all the rules in the Bible. I know why not to kill my friend. I know why to respect my parents. I know why to, uh, to rest in Shabbat. I know I, I can explain everything. But there is one thing that I cannot explain. And this is King Solomon. I don't understand what is the story of the red heifer. So we don't try to explain what, is, what happened when the red heifer will be done. We just know, as Hanan said, we just know that we have to do it. And if we have the, the good bless in the last month that we start work on it with Byron, uh, with Dr. Marawi, and we succeed to move and to look for, and to find, maybe. So this is the time. And we are part of a journey. Journey that started the day of Abraham, and continue all these 4,000 years. And you have to choose 
to sit on the sofa and watch the movie or to be part of this movie? To be part of his journey. Yeah, that's why we call it stepping into the story. How many of you want to be in the story of prophecy? We want to be part of this. We're participating. We're walking in this. I want, Robert, I want to go to you for just a minute. You got me into this. Uh, so <laughs> he literally he called me and he goes, hey, I've got the guys that are looking for the red heifer. And I said, what? The red heifer? Yeah, you know, the red heifer. And he goes, they're looking for it in Texas. And I started laughing because Robert's from Texas. He's, he's actually also from South Africa. And he's in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. And he's, you know, God has given us a great uh, friendship. He got us involved way back in the year 2000 when the Lord gave him a word, a prophetic word for a, a guy named Benjamin Netanyahu. Have you ever heard of that guy? And Robert t gave him a word and gave him a prophecy, actually gave him a couple of prophecies. And both of those words came to pass. In fact, the first time that Robert gave the word to Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, you know, he's ready to give it. And Netanyahu said, do you know what we do to the prophets whose words don't come to pass? We throw stones. So he's like, go ahead. But Robert gave the word and the word came to pass. So now he sees, you know, him again in the future. He is the former prime minister of Israel. And he had not listened, maybe, to everything that Robert had shared. So now he's like, there's the guy that told me what would happen if I divided the land. It's, it's a long story. But then uh, he gave a second word. He goes, God is not done with you. And there is yet again, God is going to call you. And I was there. I was actually there when Robert delivered that word and was there to see it come to pass. So we've been on this incredible journey together. So I want you to share a little bit about, uh, you know, Byron, uh, the rabbis. You called me and said, Ray, they're looking for the red heifer. He's coming. Okay, tell me. Well, family, it's good to be back here. You folks have been with me with a vision for Israel and Pastor Ray and the family. I just so appreciate it. This is a journey, this is an adventure that we've been together, and the adventure is leading us to Temple Mount, to the third temple, the most important prophetic event since AD 70. This is a defining moment, there's never been anything like it. I had my friend Byron, whom I've known for many years, say, Robert, I wanna bring you some rabbis. I said, I'd love to meet with them. Um, I'm all for Israel. And he says, it's about the temple. Then I remembered when you and me were in Benjamin Netanyahu's office. Yes, that's right. How Benjamin Netanyahu said, you know, you prophesied to me, it came to pass, and I asked God, what do you want me to do? And God says, he wants me to build the third temple. So he showed us yeah. the diagrams. Yeah of the third temple, and you are there with me, yes. and we have the pictures yes. of the diagrams I'm of the third temple, because Israel has returned to the land, God brought them back, when they came out of Egypt, they built the first temple, when they came back from Babylon, they built the second temple. Now they've come out from the diaspora, from the wilderness of nations, to build the third 
temple. And you are invited. Woo! That's a glorious, wonderful thing. So when they came, they said to me, okay, we got you. You, We we, we need you. (laughs) We we, we just know we have to have you. And I said, what you don't know is that we've been going to Israel with one vision, bring the Jews back to the nation so they'll be there when the temple is built. Because God will meet with them at the temple. That's why we've been bringing the Jews from the nations for an encounter with God, for that divine appointment with God on Temple Mount, at the third temple, and they come and say, God has told them. I didn't tell them. God told them. The time has come, and they are looking for the red heifer in America, in Texas. We found it. We found one we believe it is. <laughs> I'm breaking the news. <laughs> He's breaking I'm the sorry, news. I'm sorry, I'm breaking the news. <laughs> we were going to save that to the that. end. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> they found a red heifer. <laughs> okay. So, there, yes, there it is. Right there. Now, they want, well, here, you comment, because yeah, they, so. they're looking for a few more, because this is a big deal. And by the way, I want to ask you this. Why, I would think, okay, Red Heifer, it's Israel, the temple, it should be an Israeli cow, but you are coming to Texas. How are Gentiles being allowed to enter into this exciting drama? Okay, so first of all, a few things. You guys got a lot of information here. Somebody dropped the mic. <laughs> so, okay. Let's first of all, we'll start, let's go back a little bit. This past year that we just passed was 5,781. What is that year? That year, and as you heard in the movie, Tafshin Pei Alif, which the acronym of this is the year of the red heifer. Okay? Now, the following year, which we're in as we speak, is Tafshin Peibet, the year of the red heifer in Israel. And the year after that is the year of the red heifer and Gimel, Geulah, redemption. So guys, we are living in incredible times. This is not us, this is God who's saying this 5,783 years ago. So that's the first thing. Second of all, going back to... um, Let's give you guys a little bit of history. There was, in the Talmud, the Talmud which was written almost 2,000 years ago, there was a story about a guy called Dama Benetina. He was a Gentile, and uh, he actually was, his father was a jeweler. And the temple priest came knocking on the door at Dama Benetina's house, because they needed one of the stones of the Choshen. And they knew that he has it, because he was an amazing jeweler. And they knocked on the door, and Dama answers the door, and they said, we need the stone from your father. And he says, not right now, he's sleeping. I don't want to wake my father. They said, but we'll pay you a lot of money. This is for the temple. He says, wait a few hours, and I'll, I'll be able to wake him up. And then they come, excuse me, and they say, 
um, you know what? We'll pay you double. What is it worth? He said, it's worth 100. We'll pay you 200. So he says, listen, maybe you didn't, I don't want to wake my father. I want to respect him. They said, we'll pay you 1,000. He says, thank you, but not now. 5,000, we'll pay you. He says, no, thank you. Come back a little bit later. Maybe you didn't understand. He's sleeping. And he closes the door. A few hours later, they come back, and they want to purchase that stone. And they say, please, can we have that stone? He says, sure. Now he woke up. He takes the key and opens up. And they say, OK, here's a 5,000. He says, no, it's 100. I don't want you guys to take from me my merit of not waking my dad. And that's how it doesn't end there. But that's pretty much the story for there. The following year, Dama Benetina, because God blesses him, and this all you guys know better than me even, those that bless Israel will be blessed, and all of you guys are blessed. I could tell you that, that we were privileged in the past 10 hours to, to spend some time together. I could tell you, wow, what a pastor, what a church. You guys have an amazing church. I mean, I, we were thinking, you know, we're, we're, we're in the neighborhood of the, the 4S Ranch. Right? And we're thinking, like, okay, what, what does that have to do with anything? It has to do with everything. Okay, why is that? You guys are the first church or even the first people that were telling that we found the red heifer. We're coming here. Now, but it doesn't end there. For, you always think maybe the S stands for South, but it actually is not. It's the four sides. We know God brings us back from the four corners, from the four sides of the globe. And here, the ranch. We're coming here to tell you the story of the ranch. So the 4S Ranch is where we started this actually story. So you guys are actually a step into the story. You guys are the story. Okay, you guys are, we are writing history as we speak, right in front of our eyes. You guys are part of it. Okay, so thank you. The following year, Dama Benetina has the privilege to be blessed that the red heifer is born by him in his backyard. And they come back from the temple and they purchase from him the red heifer and it is the biggest blessing that one could have. So the United States will be blessed by giving us amen, the amazing amen, heifer. Amen. And I, I, I mean, I could go on for a while here, but I'll just say you, you asked about why here in the United States, because this is not, this is not our heifer. This is all of ours, all of our nations. Yeah. This is not just the Jewish people. And Dama Benetina, and, and maybe I'll end with the, this punchline, is that the, the place actually that we found the red heifer, um, what, Brian. his name is Brian. And do, while we're talking to him, this is, yes, this is on, what day is today? I, I, we're flying through the night. I don't even know what day today is. But we were by him on Tuesday. Okay, this is yesterday. We're by him. And we're, we're talking, discussing, and he's saying, this guy comes in, he doesn't look like a rancher, he doesn't have a cowboy hat. I mean, later on he gave me one, so that, that's okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, he comes in, a nice look, you know, suit. We asked him, what, what do you do besides having this ranch? He says, I'm a diamond jeweler. Now, is that not a symbol from God? Dama Benetina, 2,000 years ago, and today, in our day and age, where do we find the red heifer? At this guy, Brian's house in Texas. A diamond jeweler. There you go. Yeah. Everything means something. There are no coincidences. I heard from the rabbis that the word uh, 
Coincidence is not a kosher word. Is that? Would you agree? <laughs> What does that word no mean? Coincidence. Okay. Uh, actually, the, yeah. the coincidence in Hebrew, it's mikre. 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 It's suddenly coincidence. But if you take the letter of Mikre, Mem, Kuf, Resh, Hey, and you change it little, you got Rak, Mehashem. Only from God. No coincidence. There we go. Amen, amen. I like that. Could, let's, every, could you guys all say Mikre? Yeah. Uh, you, guys, you guys are native. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to make a, a connection because... Uh, explain to us, so, I mean, this is amazing. You, you, you found a red heifer. You, you were actually wanting a few more uh, to make sure that you get the one, you know, so there's a journey there. But you were telling me that uh, this must be sacrificed on the Mount of Olives. So I want you to explain why the Mount of Olives and that it has something to do with Noah. So what is, what is the red heifer story? Why Noah? Why the Mount of Olives? Can you put that together for us? Okay, well. Uh, so first of all, as you, everybody knows the Bible, um, Noah, or Noah, one of the first things that he does, he tries to see when the rain stops and when he could come out of the ark. So he sends the dove for the second time, basically. And he comes back with what? Olive branch. An olive branch. Where do you guys think the olive branch came from? Yeah. Mount of Olives. Ah. Now, the olive in general represents a lot of things. It, it, we, we could, first of all, an olive itself, in most fruit, if you squeeze the core, it becomes sour. But in an olive, when you press, you need to use very heavy stones if you're doing this in the olden days because you want to press the core. The inside, because when you do, another drop, and a very good drop, comes out of the olive. Now, uh, the, the, the Mount of Olives is very unique because we know that Noah, when he comes out, he then gives a sacrifice. He gives a sacrifice on Mount of Olives to God, and that's the first time, actually, that a sacrifice is given in a way that God actually accepts it. Okay, that's the first time that God says you humans could actually eat, you could eat um, uh, animals, and you could either choose. And this is in general of all of us. We always have a choice. That's what makes us human. The question is, are we going to make the right choice? Are we going to just eat the animal, or are we actually going to take the animal and sacrifice it and take it towards God and take it towards fixing this world and making it into a better place? Tikkun olam, as we call it. So that place is not only a place that Noah came, but it's also, we know that in the future, it could even be this coming tomorrow or now, that place is where all 70 nations are going to come. And they will be able to sacrifice on that mountain, overlooking the Temple Mount, the house of prayer for all the nations. It's going to be on Mount of Olives. And that's another connection. It's not just, just a coincidence again, Mount of Olives. That's the place right in front, in front of the Temple overlooking straight into the, door, uh, into the doors of the temple. That's where this ceremony has to be. Okay. So is, that going, is this where we're going with the red heifer? 
and, and where do you get the land and the Mount of Olives and, and the ceremony and all of that? Where are we? Actually, we are uh, in 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 special day because we don't know. I mean, until last week, I thought that we're going to state long flight, you know, and we will search the red heifer and uh, we will think and uh, we'll we'll see what to do. But suddenly. Suddenly, <laughs> we found, and uh, we had a conversation before. I, I I can't tell secret about conversation mm -hmm. behind the stage. <laughs> and I told you, we don't know what we're going to do. We know what needed to do. How we going to do it? We have to. We have a long flight, so we have a lot of time to think how and what we have to do. But yes, we have to go, to go to Israel. We have to find a place to bring the red heifer from Texas to Israel. Uh, we have to wait until the age of three, which means two years and one month. So we have to wait this time. And in this time, we have to start and speak about the red heifer. Because I suppose that everyone here had the name Red Heifer. But nobody think what I can do to, to, to be part of this. And I can tell you now that the, the little Red Heifer that we found, she's uh, four, four, days, four days old. So you have two years and one month, less than one month, to do whatever you can to speak about the Red Heifer to tell people about the Red Heifer and to give us the power to succeed and bring the Red Heifer to Israel, to take the land that we have in Mount of Olive and to prepare this ceremony that is going to be, you know, you have in New York, the American citizens have a blessed, they have the UN, United Nations. But you have a little mistake, because the United Nations don't have to be stay in New York. It's had to be in Jerusalem. Yes. This is the place of the United Nations. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we have a lot of work to do in the next two years to succeed and to make this kind of miracle. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's like if you take blind man and you tell him, and you try to explain him, what is the sun? Can you? I cannot, because he never saw light, he never saw sun. How you explain? You cannot. So the same, I cannot explain you what will be when the temple will be built. I don't know how to explain it. Even though that I'm Myself, I'm blind. I don't know what's going to be. I know that our mission is to do it. And God give his bless and we will understand. Mm. So I don't know what we're going to do. I know that we're going to do. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Amen. 
so, so I have to bring this up. Look, so this is crazy. Does anybody feel like this is crazy? Yeah. We're in church talking about the coming of the Messiah, the third temple, a red heifer with two Orthodox Jewish rabbis and two pastors. This is crazy. <laughs> so look, I'm serious. <laughs> this is crazy. And the, here, but here, so what's bringing us together? When has this happened like this? When, yeah. when has God brought Jewish, who, the people that believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they believe in the Bible and the story and the prophecies in Israel, and we believe too. Now, we are Christians. There's no, it's not a secret that we believe Jesus is the Messiah. So we're looking for him, you know, to come back. They believe, they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, but they believe the Messiah is coming and they believe he's coming imminently. And so as they say, this is crazy, but look, when the Messiah comes, everyone will know and see him and there we will be. But what I want to ask you is there's a story about Isaac, your son. This is, this is where it gets real, people. It gets, you know, like his this, you know, Isaac has a son, and he goes, Dad, what are you doing with the red heifer? We're crazy. Nah, they didn't listen. They didn't no, okay, listen to okay. the story. Well, tell the story. They tell the story. Carefully. This is crazy. There is a test at the end of okay, this. Okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Tell the story. Tell the story. I this have, is Isaac's uh, Thank story. God I have five kids, and uh, two of them are twins, Gloria, uh, uh, boy and girl, and my girl asked me. Oh, okay, okay. I, I back from uh, the state uh, in July, something like this. And uh, we sit, you know, at the sofa and, uh, and we talk. And then my daughter asked me, Father, what are, you, what are you doing in the state now? So I told her, actually, I, I start to look for the red heifer <laughs> in, in Texas, because Texas, they have a lot of red angles. If you know, what is this? I didn't know until, in Israel you don't have red angus. We don't have it. So I didn't know that this is a very good uh, animal for uh, steak and uh, other things. <laughs> but uh, red angus. So my daughter told me, and my son sit, uh, sit next to me, and, and they look for me like this, and they said, like he said, you are crazy, what, what, what? And my daughter told me, this is little uh, shame. What my friend will tell about my father that he go to find the, the red apple? <laughs> and I, actually, I, I didn't know what to answer, you know, because it's really crazy. <laughs> and then, I don't know, part of the time you got answer that you don't understand why. And then I told him, listen, my grandfather was living in Germany. My mother, she's uh, from Germany area. And my grandfather was living in Germany. And uh, he was very wealthy and, you know, succeed. It was 1930. 1930. And he called to his children and said, listen, next week we're going to Palestine. 
And probably his daughter look at him and say, Father, you are crazy. What we have to do in Palestine? This is a desert. You don't have any work there. You are crazy. My friend will laugh on me. But my, my grandfather have a bless and he went and lived Germany at time and went to Israel and have a great family. And the friends of his daughter didn't survive the Holocaust. So part of the time in the journey, you have the option to decide. Are you going with God? Are you going with the way that God let us go? Or you choose to sit and wait to see what happened? Yeah. So maybe we are crazy. I don't know. But we believe. And to be a believer is to be a crazy. To be a believer is to be a crazy and come every, you're going every Sunday to the church? Yeah. I don't know exactly. But yeah. To be a Jewish is to wake up in the morning and pray and in the middle of the day and you have to eat kosher. It's a crazy. <laughs> to be a believer, it's a crazy. But if you believe that this is the way, you have to be part of it. So, I don't know, maybe we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun way to live. And, you know, talk, speaking crazy, Noah, in his generation was thought as to be crazy. Mm. What are you doing building this big boat for, and it took, a, it wasn't like, you know, even 12 months, it was 120 years. And <laughs> I wonder what the people thought when all of a sudden animals started lining up. <laughs> so the crazy today continued. in the San Diego Zoo. Yes! So <laughs> Noah probably came here to make some visit and to choose the animal, I don't know. <laughs> okay, yes. But you know, um, what seems crazy in the, in the spiritual and in the supernatural realm, you know, for Abraham to hear the voice of God, uh, leave this place and the idolatry of your generations to a land I will show you. He didn't give him a map. He didn't say you're going to go. Here's where you're going to go. And it'll, here I'll explain along the way. Go on a journey. I think Hanan was talking about how, go, you step out, you go, I'm not giving you a map. So without a map, how did Abraham end up going from Ur of the Chaldees to the promised land through relationship, listening to the voice of God, the creator of the universe, who literally brought him into the land of promise. And that was what started the whole thing. Amen. So I want to, it's a fun way to live. Amen? Amen. So, Robert, uh, speak to us a little bit about what, you, what, what does this mean? Uh, what is God doing by, because you're the one that kind of got me into, look, we, as a pastor, we, you know, we teach through the Bible, so we love Jews, we love the Jewish people, and, um, but in many ways, you know, Robert was the one that say, yeah, but a lot of times Christians, they love Jews, but especially the ones that are dead. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you know, the ones in the Bible, they're from a long time ago. But if we're to honor them, I will bless those who bless you. What about his descendants today? 
And are we going to love and bless Israel when it's not popular? Are we going to love and bless the Jewish people, even though there's people that are getting into politics or whatever else they get into, but just to purely believe uh, as a child of God? No, God has a calling on them. God has a place for them. And that's why we started the Nehemiah Fund. We have stepped into the story to help you know, financially, prayerfully, with our hearts, bring Jewish people from all over the world because what is happening now that there is an Israel is a miracle. It's never happened to any other people of any other country of any other time in human history. And we, we have been stepping into the story, participating in it with our beliefs, with our prayers, with our journey. And I believe that God is bringing us together for such a time as this. So, Robert, share from your heart why you got me into this. So. Well, I tell you... <laughs> You cannot be in love with, uh, with, with you cannot be in love with God and not love His people. Yeah. They are the apple of His eye. He loves them. <laughs> to be just really to be honest, I didn't wake up one day and say I'm going to work with the Jewish people. I'm going to bless the Jewish people. We'll pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know. It's easy to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and forget about it. And God take care of his own people. And um, it was indeed when I met with um, Benjamin Netanyahu to give him a prophetic word. And uh, Benjamin said to me, look, Robert, we've come from the nations because you Christians believe that your Messiah will come back when we are in the land of Israel. And uh, you helped us to to come back and uh, we're back in the land and 40 years ago then you asked us for a an embassy and we gave you the only Christian embassy in the world to come and build the land of Israel together in anticipation of the Messiah. Whether it's his first time or second time, it doesn't matter. The Messiah is coming. You want him to come? I want him to come. So we're all waiting for the Messiah. So, yeah. And of course, when he comes, we'll look at his passport. If he has been in the land before, <laughs> whether this is his first time, it doesn't matter, but we will all celebrate. But here is the issue. You come and you march in our streets and you, we, you say we love you Israel, we love you Israel. Then you fly away. Then you say Jews have no faith. And we are here dying, waiting for your Messiah to come to the city of David, Yerushalayim. And you say we have no faith and we are dying and we could go back to, to, to Europe and America and have businesses, but we choose to be here because the Messiah is coming back to the land. Robert, I don't want you to be like all these hundreds and thousands of Christians that come over here looking for the bones of dead Jews. We are the living Jews. We are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come and love us. Come and work with us. Come and walk with us. It's not what you say, it's what you do. 
the reason why we don't take you serious is because you've done nothing. You only say you love us, but show me, show me. Then he said to me, we know you're just paka paka. Only these guys can know what paka paka. That's the only Hebrew I learned that day, paka paka. You're just paka paka. That means you're blah, blah, blah. Now. Words only, no action. You know, Jesus said, blessed are they that hear and do. We are to be doers of the word. We are to love not only in words, but we are to love. This is why when I came to, to, to talk to Ray, it was all about step into the story. Let's walk with the Jewish people. Let's be there for them. Let's build together with them. Let's... Um, Wait for the Messiah together with them because God has not forsaken them and not rejected them. He loves his people. He's a covenant-keeping God. He's still the Holy One of Israel. So let's go and work with them and walk with them. And we're doing that. And it's been awesome. Amazing. Let me say, you folks, you're just part of stepping into the story you are coming on board with us, but we've just been walking as God has been showing us to bring the, the Jews from the nations and to do the things that God wants us to do because your God is our God. Yeah. Yeah, I can see you want to say something. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, um, just because uh, we, we're going to be flying back to, to Jerusalem in, in just a moment. Um, first of all, I don't think it's some, a greater moment in somebody's life that you could say that we, all of us sitting here, are not just seeing the prophecies come in front of our eyes and actually come true, but we are part of it to making it true. And these pastors over here, they are making the prophecies come alive. So all of you here, all of you here, it is just unbelievable. And I can tell you from the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and say that it, uh, to me, it warms the heart to see that we're not isolated, but we are all a people together. We are all united, and we are all going to be truthful with whatever God wants us to do, and we're going to work together. And the redemption is happening as we speak. And today, all of you witnessed... You guys saw miracles in front of your eyes. You guys saw prophecies unfolding and turning to be reality. You guys are the story. We are all making and writing history. Let us all pray that within, as we heard before, this coming year, mark down the date. We need it to be a year and it's a half a year. So in a year and a half, we will all be in Jerusalem. All of you. Plus... The, all 79 nations will be there, and we will be conducting the most amazing ceremony that was ever conducted in the past 2,000 years, and we will see the Messiah come in our days. Let's all say amen. Thank you so much. And it is a huge privilege. Now, because, because uh, we must go to Jerusalem, we have uh, some present that actually it's like a homework, you know, that the teacher gives to the child and she said, 
it's not it's not for me it's for you that you will <laughs> succeed and learn so we have a present for you oh. this is a home homework oh, oh wow this is a homework because you ask me what going to be done that's what we have to do that's our homework <laughs> Wow, so, that's the Pastor uh, Ray Bentley. Wow, with graceful and uh, appreciation. 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 Wow. <laughs> so this is from from Jerusalem, Israel. Oh. The picture of the red heifer ceremony with the temple and the third temple wow. that will be built in our times. Thank wow. you very very much. Very much. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for oh, so Thank you. Thank you for So look, it went by fast, but I've got a little bit more. You want a little bit more? Another 20 minutes or so. Okay, so uh, Byron, would you please come up here? Would you welcome Byron Stinson from Texas? All right, have a seat. Hey, yeah, welcome. Welcome, Byron. So tell us, so this, you're the one that started this whole thing with a red heifer, this, another crazy Texan. Um, you know, a lot of people from California are moving out there, so y'all are all welcome. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I know. They, they call this the land of crazy. Yeah. Well, it, fruits and nuts. Yeah, fruits and nuts. Oh, man. <laughs> Now, listen, uh, you know, the Lord blessed me years ago by putting it into my heart that I was going to uh, do all I could to see unity between the Jewish people and the Christians because we are one family and we're supposed to be unified. And so that's been my mission in life is to do that. And because of that, we started a foundation, my wife and I, uh, called the Father's House Foundation back in 2007. We've taken uh, and helped pay for over 200 pastors, go to the land, over 2,000 people. We've, we've been walking the land many years. But about 15 years ago, I met Saki, who was sitting here, and we started doing some projects in Israel together. And uh, so that relationship just grew. And I think y'all all saw probably a little different rabbi than what you were expecting. Is that true? <laughs> Yes. And Saki, uh, he stole my heart years ago as a good friend, somebody I can trust, somebody who's good, somebody has a beautiful family. And uh, so we've done many projects, but he called me three months ago and he said, uh, Byron, we're never going to find the red heifer over here in Israel. And you got lots in Texas, I think, but I don't know how to find them. Would you be willing to go find a red heifer? That was not what I was expecting that day. <laughs> I'm not a professional red heifer hunter. I've never done that. <laughs> but I learned a long time ago, the best thing you could say to the Jewish per person is just say, okay. <laughs> okay. 
I'll do my best. And so we put together a small team. We sent out text. We sent out hard mail. We we call people. We actually have a picture, if they can show that up on the screen, of the advertisement for <laughs> their searching. They started adding, advertising. Yeah. For the red heifer. Look at that. Yeah, all we, over Texas. You go to a restaurant, and there you open the menu, and then you get that. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, we went we went to all the major magazines that uh, for cattlemen, and I, and I started driving my motorcycle around, stopping on the side of the road, looking under cows. That ra- <laughs> ranchers are going, "What are you doing? I, I'm looking at your cow right now. <laughs> it's a good one." Can they- <laughs> And then you start telling this rancher about the red heifer, and he's like, would you just go on, just just leave my farm, you know? But we have two large ranches, uh, one down by Houston, Texas. It's called the, uh, excuse me, it's Jerome Uranowski, and Jerome down there, uh, he, he has a world champion red heifer. It, it, he, it, they won all kinds of awards, and they have about 500 head of red. red uh, actually, they have Santa Gertrudis. And at Jerome's place on Monday, we found two that are five months old, and both of them passed the inspection of the rabbis. Wow. Yeah. But before that, on Friday before that, Dr. McWeary and I, had gone out to a ranch in Rockwall. And this was a, the good friend of Dr. Mawiri, that's the diamond broker and his brother. And we'd gone out there and they had tagged all theirs. And if it has a tag, it's no good. And they had, they have 500 head and they tagged them all. And so Dr. Mawiri and I were like, they're all tagged, but you know what? Let's just pray. We got under a tree yeah. and with the rancher and we just said, Lord, if it's your will, deliver some because last you know give us some because because last year was the year of the red heifer right we are when rosh hashanah we started a new year and i was like wait a minute last year was the year of the red heifer but then god reminded me that life starts in the womb and a and a cow takes nine months to have a baby okay so this is from last year's group okay just got all right so we prayed, and we said, Lord, Lord, please give us a red heifer. And you, you spilled the beans. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did it. Yeah. So let me ask this. Um, there's going to be some, well, you guys had an experience where you, you went to one guy, and he's all excited. Man, I found the red heifer. Then he talked to his pastor. And the pastor was like, oh, man, this is, that's the devil. This is like yeah. Antichrist. No, you know, yeah. talk, talk about that. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of replacement theology that has run through, through the church. And still there's, even when you think you're not in it, there's veins of that. And this pastor has read that the Antichrist will come to the temple and he will present himself as God and people throughout the nations of the earth are going to say yeah look how wonderful he looks look how beautiful look at the wonderful things he does and and that's all in there that he comes and does that but I've been noticing all my life that he shows up at First Baptist Church Texas or California wherever and he does the same thing okay but here's the deal that mountain was set aside for God's glory and his glory alone. 
And yeah, the whole world might be fooled, but there is one called Jesus that's going to show up and chunk him off the hill. Okay, he's gone. He's not going to stay there because this temple is going to be built for the glory of God at the exact place where God said, I'll be glorified. And that's why we should all be pitching in and helping out and seeing this temple come. And, and, and yeah, there is going to be an Antichrist come and try to fool us. Let's make sure our eyes are open and look for things that are anti-Christ. Because none of us can be, should be fooled by something that is against our Christ, our only hope, the Messiah of the world, and it is Yeshua, and that's for sure. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, look, we, people say, well, wait a second, now we're in the tribulation or whatever, are we going to be there? Look, I believe in the rapture. I know the rapture is going to happen, and it's going to happen in God's timing at any moment, at any time. Quite honestly, I'm ready to go tonight. How many of you yeah. are good to go? I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, I want to just say two things. Um, as long as we are still here, yes, yes. we can't just sit up on the roof and wait. <laughs> I think, you know, which is what happened in the early church. They said, oh, the Lord's coming. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm going to sit on the roof and wait for him to come. And Paul wrote and he said, hey, look, if you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, this is not going to work. You guys have to go out. We, we have to be, what is on the heart of God right now? I want to just say this. The heart of God is there are millions of people that are lost and they're going to go to hell. Hell is real. It's eternal. And, and God does not want them to be lost. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whosoever, would believe and trust in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I do believe that the last greatest harvest is, is for the end times. Mm. And uh, many of the, you know, the, all of us have people that we want to see come to the Lord. So the heart of God is about the harvest. Until we hear the trumpet call, we got to be about the harvest. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. And, and I, I also want to say this. Be, be careful because the temple, even in the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, Revelation chapter 11 Verses 1 and 2, read it for yourself. It doesn't say, it never says the temple of the devil. It, is, it, there, it doesn't even say it's the temple of the Antichrist. What does it say? It is the temple of God. The Bible in Revelation says it's the temple of God. God told Moses, I want you to make all of the furniture and everything exactly like I show you. Because what you make on earth is a mirror of the reality of every piece of furniture in heaven and my throne. So the temple is holy. And, and ultimately, all I believe that this whole move, the red heifer and toward the temple and all of this is going to point to, it points to Jesus, the living temple of God. It preaches Jesus. I think even the, uh, the two witnesses that may come, they, they're probably going to say, this reveals Yeshua of Nazareth as the glory of God manifest in him. So, and Ezekiel, we've, I've talked, I did a whole um, uh, step into the story about this, that in Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 1 through 7, you can go home and read it for yourself, but the glory of God is going to come to that temple. And, uh, and then the, the later part of Ezekiel says that even after there's, you know, the Lord comes and Jesus is sitting on the throne of David in the city of Jerusalem, guess what? 
there's still a temple. And all the nations of the world will come to that temple because it's a mirror of heaven. And then the heavenly Jerusalem literally comes down and the two mirrors come together. And there is the eternal Jerusalem as we rule and reign with him forever and ever. Amen? Mm, amen. Robert, you say amen. something about I, I, that. I just want to confirm that this third temple is the temple that we know is going to be, this temple is going to be built next to the Dome of the Rock. I'm sure you, you showed the people that. And Ezekiel saw it. The blueprint is given of this third temple. And it's, uh, they build a wall to protect the worshipers there. And the Dome of the Rock sits at the court of the Gentiles. So it is the plan of God revealed 2,500 years ago and confirmed by John in AD 90 in the book of Revelation. And the apostle Paul spoke about this temple. So this temple is the plan of God. It is central to the redemption of Israel, to the reconciliation of Israel back to God, to the revelation of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people is all gonna take place in this temple. He is going to reveal himself to them in this temple. That's why this temple is, as they said, is the redemption. It's, the, it's what they're waiting for. The, the, the coming of the Messiah on the feast of the Lord, when they're gathered together, Ezekiel 43 that you, you, you shared with the people. It says he comes with, with the Son of Man. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all come to the third temple with the Son of Man, that's Jesus, the, I believe it will be at the feast of, you know, let's say the feast of, uh, uh, of Passover. And he reveals himself to the Jewish people. And one, a nation will be born again in one day. Yes. I mean, yes. Romans eleven twenty six, and all Israel will be saved yes. through the blood of Jesus Christ when they see him, whom they pierced. And they realize this is our Savior, our true Messiah, not the blood of the red heifer from Texas, but the blood of Christ. But they cannot come to Christ until they have the temple and the, the red heifer. And what we're doing is helping them come to that point of divine visitation when God will break into that temple, come into that temple with his glory and tell them, no, this is the sacrifice, my son, whom I gave. And the eyes of the Jewish people will be opened. Right now, their eyes are blinded. But he's going to open their eyes. And we are part of the, the journey, the adventure. Yeah. We're helping them to come to that place. Therefore, helping build the temple is actually helping bring Israel to receiving their true Messiah, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior, and realize that he has been here, he was crucified, he rose again, and he has come to open our eyes to realize that he was our Savior. And why did he do that? The good news is he did it so that you and me would come in until the fullness of the Gentiles is coming. Only then will he reveal himself to the, the Jewish people. So therefore, we must celebrate. Because 
because of the blindness of the Jewish people, we've come in. And now he's bringing us together as one new man. And it's all going to happen at Temple Mount with a visitation from God when he reveals himself. That's why I'm so excited to be with with these rabbis. I'm all in. I'm just like, let's do it. Amen. Come. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. And uh, we'll ask the worship team to come out. But, um, man, what a a wild night. I mean, you're still here. Like, did you? Was this wild and crazy? Was it fun? Exciting? I mean, the Bible is coming alive. And, you know, you're feeling it. We're living in the, we're living in prophetic moments. There are more divine suddenlies that are in our immediate future. And uh, as long as we're here, I'm, I can't wait to leave. I, I pray that we go tonight. I have nothing left here that I need to do or go or be or whatever. But we're, it's, why are we still here then? Why hasn't the rapture happened? He's not done with us yet. The harvest has not fully come in. And that's why our passion should be to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone we know and make disciples until he comes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.